one year, I kind of got an idea. You know, I almost tried trap. I like to trap. I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? You would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the fur boom. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Trappers love game trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Herb Lennon Game Magazine. Instruction from Herb Lennon. Herb Lennon's articles, the Herb Lennon ads to information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. Alright, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because we're working ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got variables to change the trap, you got bog trap. They start talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like a sheer. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the fur shed, this is Trapping Today. Jeremiah Wood, thanks for listening in. It's great to have you here as always. We're brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures, K A A T Z R O S dot com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Everything you need to get going on the trap line, Cots Bros has it. Check them out. On X Maps, use your phone as a GPS on the trap line. Mark the trap locations, get land order information, get your park waypoints, uh, run tracks, check aerial imagery. I mean, use all the different layers. They come up with, it seems like every week they get a new layer out there that you can use. It's just incredibly useful. On xmaps.com. Uh, get that app downloaded on your phone. Uh, you can use the desktop version as well. And your annual subscription, if you go to onxmaps.com and order, use the promo code TRAP, T-R-A-P, and you'll get 20% off your first purchase. And Moyle Mink and Tanner, you get your fur tan by the professionals. We're going to talk fur market here in this episode, and I think the one of the big takeaways is that... Uh, we're in a tough fur market, and it's not looking like it's going to get better anytime soon. And so one of the options that you could choose, and what I've chosen to do, is to try alternative marketing routes, uh, trying to find ways to maximize the value of fur. And it's a big investment, but tanning can be a really good investment that pays off. So Moyle is the leader in the industry. Um, they have they have very competitive prices. It they, they have pricing tiers where the more you send, uh, if you get above certain levels, the price goes down considerably. So if you want to send a big batch of fur to them, uh, you, you can get it done pretty reasonably well. And uh, you're going to get that fur back. It's going to be tanned. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be preserved. And then you get a little time to decide what to do with it. You could sell it right straight as, as tan fur for a wall hanger, sell it to a garment maker, uh, and maybe maybe do a little sewing yourself. Maybe send it to my friend Josh uh, in Alaska, and and maybe he could uh, sew you up something. He's he's doing a great job up there too. So uh, Moyle.net, M-O-Y-L-E.net. They would love it if you use their online customer portal. It gets your fur processed quicker, and it makes it easier for them. And I would love it if you 
email to info, I-N-F-O, at moyle.net and let them know, hey, thanks for supporting the Trapping Today podcast. And finally, Trapping Today store, my store, where you can get everything Trapping Today, uh, merch, shirts, uh, coffee mugs, books, lure, uh, a whole pile of different things, and I'm adding things constantly. Uh, a couple of announcements. Uh, number one, we got new koozies, Trapping Today koozies, can coolers, um, whatever you want to call them. They're uh, foam koozie with the Trapping Today logo on it to keep your drinks cool and help you, uh, help me, <laughs> and, and represent Trapping Today. Uh, that, that'd be pretty cool if you wanted to pick up some of those. Great gifts for people. Um, beautiful artwork on there, the, the Trapping Today logo with the Martin. Uh, I think I get those up there, I think for five bucks. Um, and I'm going to run a little promotion here. I'm going to actually run two promotions, so pay attention. Um, I am for until, well, for a limited time, and I don't know how what the time is actually going to be. It's gonna, probably going to depend on what I get going on, but uh, I am going to include a free koozie with any order of $50 or more at trappingtodaystore.com. So uh, you say you order two bottles of lure, comes out to 50 bucks. Uh, I'm going to throw in a free koozie for you with that. So um, th- th- get on there, get on the store and take advantage of that. Uh, and if you don't, uh, if you don't have anything else or you just want to get the koozie, I think they're five bucks with, sh- that's free shipping. So it's, it's really actually quite reasonable, I think. Um, the other thing is I'm running a special sale here for, uh, I don't know, I guess it's Cy- Black Friday, Cyber Monday, whatever you want to call it. It's that time of year. Uh, 10% off everything. Everything in the store, no limits, n- no uh no limits to the number of times you can use this. No limits to the amount of purchase. Anything like that. Uh, no minimum purchase. No maximum purchase. It's just 10% off everything. Uh, when you check out, use the discount code 10OFF. Number 10OFF. And uh, that's going to go on till December 4th. So uh, 10 off, 10% off everything and a free koozie, uh, any, any order of 50 bucks or more trappingtodaystore.com. Always appreciate your support. Uh, and also another new item that's coming soon. I just got them in today. And if you check out my YouTube fur price video, which I'm going to put up here in sometime in the next day or two, uh, you'll see it in the background of the recording. It's a poster. So the Mustella t-shirt, uh, in poster form to put up on your wall so i have those i just got them in they look awesome and i'm really excited uh i'm really excited about them but i don't have uh the uh em- hard envelopes to ship them in so that they won't get bent up during shipping so uh, i got those ordered and if, if i do run to town at some point and am able to pick some up maybe i'll i'll uh, throw those up on the store so, so that you can order them. I'm not sure what what the price is going to be, but they're really nice, like thick cardstock. They're they're heavy. Um, I don't know if you, you could frame you could frame them, but you you have to um, uh, the the image goes right to the edge of the poster, so there's not like a lot of margin there. 
So you'd have to frame them with, with some sort of background inside the frame. They would actually look really cool framed. I should have thought about that more. Um, but but I thought they would be a pretty good, just like a cool poster for the the fur shed wall. I mean, you could even put it in the wall in your in your home too. But I just tacked mine up in the fur shed. So anyway, I'll, I'll pop those up here at some point. And I got ideas for some other stuff, uh, but that's going to be forthcoming. It always seems to take a little bit of time. But yeah, guys, uh, we're going to talk fur prices tonight. So I just... Uh, sat down and recorded my thoughts on the fur market and uh, yeah we'll get into it okay we're going to talk fur prices as I record this it is the 27th of November 2021 and I want to give you an update on my view on the fur market where we're at uh, what things are looking like the different factors that are influencing the price of fur and the overall market and then we'll talk about individual species and what I expect again these are my opinions but I've been doing these updates for over a decade now and uh, it, it is it, a lot of this stuff is fairly predictable in terms of basically nobody knows what's going to happen but uh, if you if you're paying attention to what's going on you can get a pretty good idea of where we're at right now so basically it, I mean Overall, not good. Uh, the market, I hate to be a pessimist. I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but I'm just going to be honest and lay it out there. This is uh, probably, this is going to be the worst fur market that that most of us have seen. Um, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're 40 and under, I don't think you're going to have seen a, a fur market as bad as it, it's going to be this year. Is that going too far? Maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm a little too pessimistic, but uh, I just don't see, uh, I see a lot of bad signs. I don't see very many good signs. So I'm going to run down those. First one, obviously, is is the virus, the COVID-19. And this has affected so many different things. It has uh, disrupted supply chains, so things don't get where they need to be on time. It has caused lockdowns, shutdowns. Uh, our major consuming countries, fur consuming countries, like uh, primarily China, uh, complete lockdown in, in many parts of the country where they, they do, can't get out. People don't go out and shop. They, they, uh, they aren't socializing. They aren't buying things, so they aren't uh, buying fur coats. There, there have been huge economic changes and economic impacts that I think we're yet to fully uh, realize the fallout from. Maybe we'll get into that in a little bit, but but this has changed everything. You know, the whole supply and demand outlook had been pretty decent for us the last few years. We'd been looking at a uh, a long period of low fur prices that for both wild fur and ranch fur, which has resulted in or was resulting in a lot of the ranch producers uh, getting out of the business because they were losing money, which was going to shift the whole supply demand balance the other way. And we're going to see, or I was predicting uh, 2020, we we're going to see pretty much a bottom and we we're going to start to see fur prices come back and, and bounce off that bottom. And uh, the, the wild fur producer was going to be in the driver's seat basically because the because the the ranch production which makes up i think about 80 percent of the worldwide uh 
consumption of fur, it was was going to be uh, uh, underproducing what the market wanted. This was prior to COVID. This was before the whole world changed. And as a result, we went through the past year and a half, uh, good parts of the past year and a half, nobody left their homes. And uh, at least in places in the cities and, and in the countries where uh, people do consume a, a lot of fur, people weren't leaving their homes, whether that was voluntary or involuntary. People weren't out shopping. People weren't buying a lot of stuff. They're buying stuff online, but but the actual physical, you know, clothing, um, things, fashion, fashion stuff, just wasn't being purchased. You sit at home in your sweatpants, right? And so uh, that really changed things considerably when it came to the um, the economy and the the uh, j- just the the whole supply chain for fur. So. The virus threw things way out in a loop. Um, oil prices crashed. The oil uh, producing countries whose economy really relied on oil prices uh, were not in a, a very good buying position. That's started to come back. Oil's looking a little better now. Uh, but still, I, I just think that things are so out of whack that that's not going to have a big bearing on the market this year. Um, there are new strains of the virus that are are popping up that everybody's kind of nobody really knows what's going to happen with those um, in the U.S. we've we've done really well with the whole vaccination thing or a lot of people the virus kind of burned its way through populations and it, it is it is no longer as doesn't seem to be as much of a problem in terms of uh, economic shutdowns. Uh, however, there is. Uh, there, there is some uncertainty as to what's going to happen with these new strains. And uh, we are kind of in a good position because we have a really good set of vaccines that were very effective at either combating the virus or, uh, you know, preventing people from getting the virus or if you get it, preventing hospitalization. Not all countries have that. From what I've heard, uh, China's vaccines are not nearly as effective and their method of combating the virus has been straight out lockdown. So a couple of uh, warning signals here. Um, the, probably the, the biggest one that came out a couple of weeks ago was Grunwald Fur and Wool Company, which is, I believe, the largest fur buyer uh, in the United States. They go all throughout, they're in the Midwest, they're in Illinois, and they go throughout Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan. They they go all over the place to, to buy fur. They have these different routes they run, and they stop at a parking lot, and people will drive in and show, give them their fur. Uh, they'll, they'll look at, they'll buy them out of the truck. And they've been doing this for decades. Um, they just announced a couple weeks ago that they are canceling all of their buying routes until further notice. So uh, if you if you guys listen to the uh, Trap House podcast with Justin Jett and Charlie Mashik from Hoosier Trapper Outdoors, Hoosier Trapper Supply, they just did an interview with Guy Grunwald and it was uh, it, it just came out a few days ago. After this route shut down, and Guy gave some really good insight on what's going on in China. So, 
Uh, Grunewald has uh, shops in China where they sell tanned fur to garment manufacturers. And they they have to ship it now to uh, ship that fur to tanneries in other parts of uh, of Europe, of Asia, get that fur tanned, and then import it into China. Again, adds another step, adds more cost. Uh, but they got shops in China where every day they know how many furs they're selling. And Guy's latest report is basically stuff is not selling. These big cities in China that usually consume a lot of fur are shut down. People are not out and about. I think he mentioned uh, the sales level for uh, their uh, fur, tan fur products is like 10% or less uh, of normal, of a normal year. So that's a big deal. And that's why they stop uh, their routes. You know, they'll, if you bring coons into their shop or ship fur to them, they'll still, you know, give you a price on it. But they can't afford to drive around and buy fur because the prices are going to be that low. So, so that's a big, like, warning signal. And uh, uh, if you also look at Fur Harvesters Auction, they came out with a fur market forecast for the year. And, of course, you know, the last... Last year, the the two major auctions they held were both online. They weren't able to do any in-person auctions because of travel restrictions. Uh, We're not sure what they're going to be able to do this year, hoping for in-person auctions. But um, this is just from from the report. They're talking about items that certain items, and there's there's really some items that they're just saying, you know, this is it's going to be hard to move, and and we'll go over that uh, in a little bit, but. Just uh, as much as, you know, people try to, to minimize the, the bad news and, and try to be optimistic, you know, especially the, like the, fur, the auction houses are always saying, oh, the, things are going to be fine. This is, you know, we're doing much better. But when you actually look at the numbers, it's just, uh, and you look at, at the outlook, it's just, it's not, it's not that good. So, uh <laughs> Things could change, uh, but right now people aren't getting out. People aren't buying fur. The other big thing that's changed in the market is, um, well, let's talk ranch fur first. Um, the The big overarching factors that that I was thinking about in terms of where ranch where where the whole supply and demand thing was going to play out was a lot of these ranch mink outfits were they've been losing money for years and they were going to have to pelt out and get rid of their supply right we we know that and and then we're going to start to see a comeback and wild fur prices wild fur producers were going to be essentially in the driver's seat because we're going to be able to you know there's going to be a limited amount of fur in the market and we're the ones that were going to have it and prices were going to go up um, well, the ranch mink production has gone down considerably as a result of, of a combination of low prices, even pre-COVID, and number two, forced uh, eradication of mink due to the virus. Any place where mink were found or detected to have COVID, they were uh, those farms were quarantined and they they had to to kill and incinerate all of the uh, all of the mink that were on premises 
they weren't able to even sell any of those belts. Uh, there were massive, massive, massive uh, destruction of, of mink. It was just a terrible thing. And that reduced a bunch of supply. However, at the same time, there was a bunch of pelting out going on. And if, uh, by all accounts, if you look at the major fur auction houses like Saga Furs in Finland and uh, in Copenhagen, I think they're, they're in Denmark, um, they have, they still have millions of mink pelts that they haven't sold and they can't sell uh, for any decent price. So it's going to take time for those to clear out and they're just not selling right now. So, so those prices, they came back a little bit, but I, I think we're going to see those prices, uh, go, go back down to last year's prices or even below. And th there's going to be, you know, it's just, it's sad because, you know, even though the supply is lower, the demand has gone so much lower re relative to supply that it, it just, it, it, it's not going to, it's not enough. There's not enough people consuming fur to, to help these prices out right now. The other big factor in the, the U.S. and more of the domestic market is Canada Goose. And Canada Goose, after having pressure from animal rights groups, had announced recently that they are going to stop using all fur uh, in their parkas. So that was, again, the market for our coyotes that, that boosted the coyote market for basically the last decade. And those western heavy coyotes that were doing really well, uh, all of a sudden the biggest buyer is gone. So I'm going to get into what I think is going to happen there. So with that, let's, let's get into some individual species and some thoughts that I have on, on what prices might look like for them. And if you want to read some of this, I did just put up a fur market forecast uh, on trappingtoday.com. And I'm going to use those notes to kind of um, put put this together as I talk about these prices. So basically, uh, coyote. There there has been rumors that coyote prices were there's still a lot of demand for coyotes. Don't worry, the price is going to be maintained, and everything's going to be good. Even though Canada Goose is out of the market, there's a lot of other people who are making these coats. There's a lot of knockoffs and all of that. Um, I personally don't buy it. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I don't believe that these knockoff or imitation coats are going to survive with the big player uh, out of the market. So what what these Chinese companies were doing was they were looking at uh, the the Canada Goose parkas were selling for like $800, $1,000 with the coyote-lined, uh, coyote fur-lined hoods, the trim on the hoods. And they're really fashionable. I mean, you go out, you, you go out in the cities, and, and like out traveling, you could see people with these coats. I was like, wow, I couldn't believe how many people were wearing these coats. It was pretty cool. Uh, well, then Chinese companies see that and say, oh, we need to, you know, we could sell those for like half the price and make a bunch of money. And so they were going in and uh, competing for those coyote pelts to make those knockoff coats for cheaper. And they were selling lots of them for, to people who said, man, I can't afford the Canada Goose model, but I can get this cheaper version for uh, a, a lot more affordable price, and it looks just as good. And so they were doing that. But 
the, the fact is that it took one big player in that market to get that fashion trend going. And if that fashion trend goes away, uh, there's going to be no incentive for these other companies. The Chinese or other knockoffs were not doing the marketing, the advertising, the trend setting, all the things that you need to do uh, to build a brand and build a fashion uh, to get people to want to wear those things. And so when, when the leader of, of a fashion trend goes away, uh, it, it's very likely that that whole part of the market's just going to fall apart. That's my opinion. Uh, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I, I really think we may see for the, for the first couple of months of fur selling this year, we may continue to see $70 to $100 for those Western Heavy Coyote pelts. Those uh, are, you know, they're, again, those are the best ones. Those Western Heavy Coyotes have the, uh, you know, they're silky, prime, I mean, good color, everything. That, that's what the buyers want. So we had in some of those really good fur harvesters auctions where prices were doing really well, those Western Heavy Coyotes were selling out. Uh, they they were up averaging like a hundred bucks. There's all kinds of buyers getting into the the fray, and there the people those sold out. They were off the auction block, and then the lower quality skins came up, and everybody that was left that had been bidding and couldn't get what they wanted, they were paying more for those those uh, eastern coyotes and the the ones that were you know uh, slightly damaged or grade two or whatever. So. Um, that that was always helping elevate the price of the lower quality ones. Um, last year, I think we were we we had some pretty good auctions with with uh, with those those eastern coyotes. I I think that's over. Um, I the days of thirty five to forty five dollar averages for those I think uh, is done. So I think what we're going to see instead is. Probably fifteen twenty dollars for those, maybe twenty five for the eastern coyotes. The western coyotes, uh, they could, depending on what weather Canada goose is going to be in the market uh, this season, to to buy some before they they uh, completely phase things out. Uh, that could help. You know, you could see you could see some early really good prices. Um, you could also see some people speculating, some buyers that that are speculating and then uh you know maybe they pay pay 70 80 90 dollars and they may get caught later in the season with a bunch of fur that nobody wants so uh, those prices may drop pretty quick and you i think the western coyotes were maybe 50 60 bucks i maybe maybe even less than that um, i'm just throwing that out there but the the easterns are are going to be low and and those southern coyotes in the the midwest you know maybe 10 10 15 dollars um maybe some people might not even want to buy them so uh, that's that's what i'm thinking let's move on to muskrats that muskrats are you know maybe a little bit of uh a less dark <laughs> a little bit of a brighter spot uh muskrats are an interesting item because uh, if you're just looking for a you know something that that looks similar to muskrat and you you want the, a, a, you're just looking for a fur and you don't really care specifically what it exactly is right now you're going to buy a mink pelt because you can get uh, the most square inches per dollar you spend 
Um, and then they're going to be uniform. They're going to be the right size, same size, same color, same quality, nice, nice, even lots and all that. But if you want muskrat, there's only a limited number of muskrat available to choose from. And that's for a couple of reasons. One, for the last 40, 50, 60 years, muskrat populations have been declining throughout the United States. So we don't produce near the number of rats that we used to. And two, of course, the low prices for everything has fewer trappers out there. And, and so just the, the rat supply is fairly limited. And there are a few buyers out there um, that are that use muskrat pelts exclusively. I think one of them is is for liners on the inside of coats. And th- those uh, those buyers are going to want rats. And I, I think with the limited supply, uh, as long as they have a somewhat decent market, the demand was pretty good last season. And if that continues, uh, I think we could see some pretty decent prices continuing for rats. I mean, you know, three three fifty four dollars, um, maybe some five dollar averages, uh, depending on on where you're at in the country. And I, I, I personally, I'm thinking early on would be the best time to sell these because they may drop in price throughout the season. Uh, depending on how things shake up, but but rats rats should be somewhat decent relative to uh, the rest of the market. Now we get a little bit of good news in. Uh, let's go to the really bad news: uh, raccoon. Um, the vast majority of raccoon pelts right now, I don't think there's any market for it at all. Um, even like Guy Grunwald buys more coons than anybody else, and he said. There's raccoons that last year he he was paying you know a couple of bucks for. He could he could get you could give him those pelts right now for free, and he'd lose money on them. That's that's where the market is, and so if if you have the best quality coons, the right size you know really big coons, perfectly prime. Nice white hides um, caught just in the perfect time season, no damage. You might get ten or fifteen bucks for them, um, but for the most part, uh, anything that's not that is going to be very hard to sell. Maybe a couple bucks, a uh, dollar, two dollars, three dollars, maybe. Maybe lucky to get five, but a lot of stuff you're just not going to find a buyer. There's there's not going to be a market for it uh, until a lot of this stuff gets cleared out till. Uh, things start moving in China again and uh, inventory gets cleared out. There's tons of raccoon on the market right now that that's been bought from trappers and hasn't sold and is just sitting there waiting for a buyer. So I wouldn't get my hopes up at all with coon. I just, it's, it's probably the most disappointing item out there. Um, Beaver, beaver, very, very, uh, going to be very difficult to sell as well so you got the two markets there you've got uh, the the coat market slash kind of like small scale uh, hats mitts uh, blankets you know more of a a a niche niche type market for beaver Um, there isn't really a coat market like there used to be the problem with beaver is it takes uh, so much labor to uh, process a beaver pelt. So the the coats that were popular for some time were uh, beavers that were tanned, plucked, sheared, and dyed. 
And to do all that to a beaver pelt, it really costs uh, a great deal uh, of, of labor and time. And it, it just it, it doesn't make sense right now in the current market environment. So a lot of the beaver, you know, if you have really good quality beaver, I think your best bet is to try to sell them to, to someone who is a small-scale furrier who has projects that they work on. They, you know, they might make blankets for people, beaver blankets, pillows, uh, mitts, gauntlets. The beaver makes a really, really nice gauntlet. Uh, and it, that, that might be where you can get your best price. Um, if you just send them on the, the, the overall fur market, uh, there are a few of the better quality beavers that are going to sell well. Um, the, the best sections, uh, places like where I am in Maine, there, we have a really good beaver. And then uh, areas in Canada have a really good beaver. Uh, Quebec, parts of Ontario have a really good beaver. Alaska, decent, not quite so good in color, but primeness. There, some of those will sell really well, but then it's going to drop off to, to very little. Uh, the other market, the low-end market, is the hatter market. The, those are pelts are ground up into felt to make Stetson cowboy hats and, and similar things. Uh, that has always put a floor on the market. I am continuing to wonder when that's going to run its course and that market's going to be saturated. It hasn't yet, but it seems to have shown potential signs of weakening so i i wonder about that um it probably most beaver can average 10 bucks uh, on overall uh, i think that's uh, pretty safe um, but you may boy some in some cases they might be hard to sell or they might be lower than that uh, the good news about the low beaver prices is not a lot of people are harvesting them and thus you have a really good caster market that continues. There's still really good demand for caster. Far as I know, that has not subsided. Uh, caster has been averaging about $100 a pound uh, for fully dried. And I think that's going to continue. I, I think I think it, uh, until further notice that, that those strong caster prices are going to continue. So take advantage of that if you, if you need to harvest beaver. Um, move on to otter. Otter is slow and steady, so we're all kind of, a lot of us are used to the, you know, those years when we had like $100 otters. Uh, those were a few really good years, but they didn't last, and uh, uh, we're kind of getting used to a new baseline. So otter are moving, but they're moving at 15 or $20, maybe 25 If you have a really good one, you might possibly get 30 uh, but for the most part, I'd, I'd say around 20 bucks average on otters is what you can expect. They will, you will be able to sell them, but they're, the market's not what it was before. Uh, Martin and Fisher, for those of you in northern places where you, you can catch Martin and or Fisher, those are going to be pretty good, I think. Uh, the, the Fur Harvesters has... Uh, been announcing that they there's they're getting a lot of calls there's a lot of demand for for martin and fisher more probably more so martin but they they've been able to sell them people are looking for them um the the those those alaskan type martin you know there were there were times when there's they were averaging 100 bucks uh, i don't think we're going to see that but they've also been as low as 30 dollars recently i i think we could see 
you know, around the $60 range for those Northern Canadian and Alaskan Martin. And the lower 48, like the Northeast, uh, maybe 30 bucks. Maybe we'll see 30 bucks for ours. And and maybe 25 or 30 for for those uh, Western Rocky Rocky Mountain lower 48 Martin. Um, Fisher, maybe around 30 bucks, optimistically. Uh, they've been going, a lot of them have been going for around 20 or so, 20, 25. I think, I think we could see $30 Fisher pretty easily if we get, if, if this uh, demand actually uh, pans out. Bobcat. Bobcat's probably going to be pretty similar to Coyotes in the sense that there is a limited upper end demand in the market. Uh, Bobcat, higher end Bobcat pelts are a fashion item. Uh, white bellies with lots of spots. Those Western Bobcats are going to be the best ones. They're going to sell for the highest averages. And uh, I, I think, you know, the $500 Bobcat is is going to be a thing of the past uh, for, for an average. But you could see some Bobcat collections averaging three to $400. Um, I, I, I th- it could be as low as 100 um, 100, 150 might be a conservative number just based on the the state of the overall market. Um, you could do well if you have a really, really good cat, but I, I think most Western cats, we may see that 100, 150 average. I'm, I'm just guessing on that. That could vary a lot. Uh, the rest of the Bobcats range in probably between 30 and $60. There's been pretty decent demand for the low to middle grade Bobcats. Um, recently, so hopefully that continues. And uh, thirty to sixty dollars is probably a pretty safe range, like thirty for the the deep south cats, and sixty for something you might see in New England or uh, most of Canada, like Eastern Canada. Uh, fox terrible. Uh, very little demand for red fox or gray fox. Uh, there's no fashion trend there, and just nobody seems interested in them uh you might maybe ten dollar average on them uh maybe skunks yeah probably pretty consistently five bucks uh skunk or something that always seems to sell a little bit their novelty um, people like to hang them on the wall and that sort of thing so uh those are the major items i don't i don't really want to go into uh all of the all of the other minor things, because uh, they're probably they're probably going to be either very hard to sell or they're not going to have varied much from last year's prices. But uh, overall, I'm I'm sorry to report it's going to be a tough market, but that's that's my prediction. I hope I'm wrong. I hope things change, but I think it, things are going to get worse before they get better. Um, let's let's look at the bright side. Um, what what I see is that this low market could present some opportunities because it's going to force those of us who who either want to keep trapping or have to keep trapping for various reasons to find alternative markets and and it's going to force us to do something that is is usually very difficult and we wouldn't put the effort into otherwise but that is uh, finding another place to sell your fur or adding value to your fur to get it sold so that might mean uh, getting it tanned and selling tan furs at a local trading post or craft fairs it might mean learning to sew and making fur items getting somebody to sew your furs for you like my friend josh fisher fisher furs up in fairbanks alaska does a great job sewing hats and mitts um, trying to work on some other stuff i'm trying to get him to 
to make me some uh, mucklucks out of otter pelts. Try it, try that out. But it's going to force us to do different things and try to create alternative markets. And I think that's the uh, one of the bright spots that we're going to see with these low fur prices. I hope we come out of this uh, better marketers and hopefully with some other options. So with that, guys, uh, I hope that wasn't too much of a downer. Uh, if you got any questions, just feel free to let me know and I'll try to answer them best I can. And and if there's anything major changing, uh, I will uh, provide another update. Uh, but but uh, we probably won't know too much for, for a little while here because um, the, the market's going to take some time. If there are any changes, it's going to take some time for them to develop. So anyway, I uh, hope that helps and take care. And now it is time for the Cots Brothers message of the week. If you're listening to this in time, you better go and check out CotsBros.com to take advantage of their 10-day super sale. It is the holiday season, and they've got a bunch of stuff on sale. Um, you go in, they get they got some featured products here. Uh, they get, they have these special edition lures that came out with third degree crispy crunch coon bait, 99 reds. Uh, just a pile of things. The uh, the knives they got knives on sale, skinning knives, 99 coyotes on sales, uh, micro lock snares, midnight snack, uh, coon bait, the flat set fix with Kellen, the the DVD that was 15 bucks, 11.25 guys. If you haven't picked that up, 11.25. Uh, tune up your coyote game with that. The book was 12 bucks. It's nine. Everything. I mean, just a pile of things on sale here. Crotts cotsbros.com so go check them out i hope you guys have a great week and hope you're having a great trapping season if you're you're out there if not um, keep on talking trapping keep on thinking trapping and we'll catch you on the next episode